we were no longer feeling this pressure of we've got to create opportunity. We have to figure out who is our next connection point so that we can excel and propel the company. And in that process of just being still and just sitting back and being okay with where we were, solutions began to present themselves. Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. I am just thrilled and super energized, excited. I feel, the only way I can say it is like, I feel like this explosive energy about this conversation that we're going to have today. Um, It's it's a really special um, conversation that I think we're going to get to have for not only for my audience, but um, with the guest today. I've gotten the privilege to get to know um, our guest today over the last couple of years. I know her husband and I know her and they've been part of our couples mastermind and they've just become amazing friends. But the one thing that I can say at every step along the way, I've just been inspired by their journey and how they connect as a couple and how they parent and how they run um, businesses because they're both successful entrepreneurs and investors and just have so many things going. And their energy and their light is always just amazing. And even you know when you know that they're going through some things and they got challenges, they just show up as a light. And I think that any one of us could learn a ton from like, you know, how do you, how do you take the blows in life and just keep going? And I don't know, I've never seen really two people better, uh, do it better than, um, you and Jordy do Courtney. So guys, welcome, uh, Courtney Clark to the show. I'm really excited for this conversation today. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, that introduction. I have the biggest smile on my face and I feel the same exact way, major energy around this conversation. And that Thank you for that very kind introduction and very happy, very honored to be here on this show and with your followers. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, and I think as we were talking for the show, I'm like, how in the heck are we going to get this done in 45 minutes? So <laughs> we'll we'll see how we do it. But um, let's get into the question. So who's had the greatest impact on your life? Ooh, that's a good question. Ah, who's had the greatest impact on my life? You know, I really, this this is not meant to be cheesy, but it's Jordy. My husband, Jordy, he was not at all the the person that I thought I would marry. He was completely opposite of every single guy I dated when I was in the dating world. And everything about him was truly unique to him. He's taught me so much. He has just been an example in so many different areas. And he really has had the greatest impact. He's the person I'm closest to most. And he's just been amazing. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what do you think that would be? Pouring into myself, coaching, making sure that I let myself just be confident, let myself just be okay expressing exactly who I am and being okay and being okay to let my light shine. I think the minute that I started to finally receive the compliments that people would say about me, I always knew there was always a part of me that knew the truth behind the words that they said. But I had such a struggle with actually letting that light be shown on me and or shining on me. And the minute I really leaned into it and said, okay, I'm going to be okay with this. I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to fully show up in that space. 
everything changed for me. I, I just finally was like, I'm no longer going to be okay hiding who I am. I'm just going to be confident. And I know that in that, others will still be, con- will, will still be able to shine alongside of me. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's so good. I love it. I think that's a common theme too. Um, I'm, I'm really glad you pointed that out. I actually remember when I moved from Idaho to Nevada, um, I was a very, very shy kid. Like most people wouldn't even know this. Like I remember like the only time that I ever went out and played even one time after like, I think I was probably in third or fourth grade. And I still remember the kid's name. His name was Marshall Thomas. And he was like the popular kid. And he's like, Hey Mike, come play baseball with us. And tomorrow after school. And I told my grandma, I'm like, I'm going to go play baseball. And she's like, okay, great. And I went to the park and I was like, so nervous about, you know, with my, is my grandma worried about me? Does she know where I'm I just left. I told the guys, I'm like, I have to go home. Like, and I just left. I, that's like how like socially anxious I was. And I remember moving to Nevada and I, I was like, I'm not going to be this person anymore. Like I had an opportunity to just, and I showed up at school and I was super nervous and everybody's like, Hey, come play with us. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be a different version of me. And then I remember going to junior high and I remember just becoming another version. And it sounds crazy, but like when we, when we see that light that you were talking about and then start acknowledging it, because we're the only ones that like either can or can't see it. And I saw um, somebody said, said this morning, I, um, his name's Seth Daly. He said, is it harder to recognize your weaknesses or your strengths? And that was such a great question because I think it was good. And it really stopped me in my tracks because I think we are really good at acknowledging what our weaknesses are actually. Um, but I think finding our strengths and, and that light that you were talking about, even though you heard it five, 10 times, like until you actually accept it and acknowledge it, it's really challenging. It is. And I think you just will propel so much quicker when you do just finally say, and are confident with your abilities and your gifts and you, you maximize them to their greatest and fullest potential. So am I there yet? No. But that's what's so exciting is that I'm leaning in and I'm going to continue to cultivate and enhance what God-given talents I have and the unique things that make me so special as a leader, as, you know, a friend, as a spouse. And so every time I take that opportunity to be, to better that part of myself, I am going to be propelled so much quicker. And that's ultimately what's happened. I think that's what set has set me apart in my business and in the success journey that I've personally experienced within my marriage and within my business. You know, I love what you said there a few minutes ago. You said, um, you know, you're, you, you're finding your gifts and you know, those Trishka dolls, like the Russian Trishka dolls that you just yeah. keep opening and they mm-hmm. keep I, mm-hmm. like, it's crazy. We can live, you know, 50, 60, 70, a hundred years. And, and you just keep finding another version of yourself. And that's, that's, what's like super exciting. Just watching um, you know, obviously yourself, but other people just continue to unbury those gifts. And it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Mike, these questions, holy cow, hot seat. I think everyone right now listening has so much empathy for me <laughs> for these hot questions. Good question. One of my greatest setbacks, it was my marriage. And I, I, this is, this is the investing for freedom podcast. And yet I keep bringing up my marriage, but my marriage has taught me so much and has allowed me to be a different leader because of what I've learned. So bear with me, everyone. But you know, my marriage, um, there was a time my husband and I, we were totally like on the verge of divorce and 
you know, I had a huge part to play in that and definitely things I'm just not proud of. I was not my best self and I succumbed to so much pressure and negativity. And I allowed influences in that I didn't even see at the time were like terrible for me and for an outcome. And walking through that, it really felt like a refiner's fire. I came out of that such a stronger person, so much more intentional with who I was going to allow into my space on a personal level and, you know, within my marriage, within my business. And I hurt different people along the way and I broke some trust and I tarnished my reputation and the process of rebuilding that took a lot of work. It was, and it was like, if it was sincere, I had to be willing to really do whatever it took to, um, like the long haul, it was, it was, it was playing the long game to heal from that with business partners, with customers, with team members, with my, with family, with friends, I basically needed, I, I was reborn a different person. And I, again, I'm not trying to sound too woo -woo with this, but it was probably the hardest lesson. And I became such a stronger version of myself. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I never want to be that person ever again. I don't ever want to be caught up where even with white lies, I just, I wanted to be a better person all around because where I was at and what was going on, I wasn't showing up great in my business. I wasn't showing great for my great showing up great in my family. And I'm not talking about a level of perfection. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about truly being the person that I know I could be. And I was letting her I was putting her in a closet and I was being someone entirely different. So that propelled me in such a big way because I learned some hard lessons and I was then put through, I was on a, I was on a hard path to regain and to discover who I was again and earn a whole lot of trust back with a lot of different people. You know, I, I love what you said there and I'll, I'll say this first and foremost. Yeah, you're on the Investing for Freedom podcast, but one of the things... Um, you know, and I talk about this a lot and more lately than ever, but it's REM and no, not the band, um, re relationships, experiences, and memories. And man, what are we doing it for? You know, when we think about business or investing or our jobs or passive, you and I were kind of talking about this off camera. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's those relationships, those people that are nearest to us, the experiences that we want to have with them, those memories that we want to create. That's really why we're doing everything that we're doing. And so I love that you keep coming back to your marriage and relationship, because honestly, at the end of the day, I think there's so many people we're living in a really, really challenging time. And I think there's so many people that have lost their way. And I love that you're vulnerable yeah. enough to really have that conversation. I remember somebody told me one time, a mentor, if you're going through hell, don't stop, like keep going. And I think mm -hmm. what happens is like so many people stop and they shrink back. It's too painful. We're not going to keep doing this. Um, and then that's when, that's when we give up. And so I, I actually honor you and appreciate your vulnerability on it. And, and I think it's a great conversation because you know, what the heck else is there? Um, then, then that. And so I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you saying that. And thank you. I definitely feel like there's power in being vulnerable. And there was significant power in owning my story and in owning my part to play and in owning everything that has come from that. Because I feel like it's allowed me to, again, show up as a better leader. 
I have more difficult conversations than I think I shied away from before. I'm able to help team members on a different capacity. And I think it's just, there was so much empathy that came for my own situation and for others as well. So there was just so much learning that came along with that. And I love that I'm now at a place that I can own it and not let it hold me back. Cause there was a time during that journey, as far as going through that hell and keep on going, there was totally a time that I just wanted to sit down and stop because I knew if I kept going, there was going to come a time that I was going to face people and I needed to be able to face that confidently. And so, yeah, you do have to go through hell to be able to come out and know without a shadow of doubt, I can own this and I can make this a part of me and I can make it a part of me in a powerful way. And I don't need to let this hold me back. And so I think the power in owning it has allowed me not to stay even a part of me stuck on that path. There's nothing left of me on that path. I am fully through it and and I'm just a much better person because of it. So great. All right. I'm going to get to my fourth question here, but I want to set the stage. (laughs) I'm really excited um, to, to get into like what you're building. And, you know, I had your husband, Jordy on, I don't know, it's probably been a year ago now, but you guys have built an amazing, you know, real estate organization together. Um, You guys have flipped a ton of homes. Jordy's raising capital on, you know, multifamily and he's got a fund going for single family property. You guys have done, you guys have crushed it in the real estate arena, but you have your own business. And I'm so excited to get into this and just talking about like when you're going through hell and, and not stopping, I've watched your journey. And really, like you created this company called Set the Stage, which I want to get into. Um, and just watching you, you know, decide, uh, is am I going to keep doing this? And you were going to sell it. And then you decided to, you know, keep going. And man, I'm so excited to unpack that. But before we get there, let's ask the last question. Um, what is the piece of advice that you find yourself sharing the most? The piece of advice I find myself sharing the most is showing up. I've had a lot of conversations recently with people who are trying to step into something bigger for themselves, whether it's leadership roles within my company or just other things they're wanting to do. And I feel like right now, the last probably month or so, the conversations I keep having, gosh, I even had it just the other day with a friend. I've had it with Jordy, uh, even in just some things he's working on in his business. And it's just, there is so much untapped opportunities and potentials for every single person. I don't care who you are. There is always something that we can be doing differently, but it's the matter of showing up, simply putting in the effort and putting yourselves out there. If people don't know what you want and aspire to have or that you're aspiring to get to, how how can they possibly be part of that journey and that solution for you? And more people often, I really believe that more people want to help other people. I know one of my biggest things in life is I want to be a part of as many people's success story as I possibly can. Even if I'm a fraction of that story, I, I gain a lot of significance from that. That's just who I am. I feel like it's something I'm really good at. And so the more that I'm willing to show up and share, Hey, here's an opportunity I'm looking for. Here is something that I'm wanting to do in the year 2023 more people are going to want to help me because I'm simply showing up. I'm having the conversation. I'm showing up for myself and I'm showing up for my future. I just freaking love that. And, you know, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, I'm so often surprised at, at how many people are so surprised by the fact that people are so willing to help. And there's this old saying, like, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, right? 
And anybody who's found any level of success understands what you just said. And when they look backwards, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, they see a whole list of people that just helped them and helped them and helped them. But you said the thing that I think is key. The only reason that somebody who's successful and, you know, has gone before you and has a ton of experiences is going to be willing to give of their time and really mentor and help you is when they know that you're serious. And so when you say show up, um, that that's the one thing that I think it, I, I love this piece of advice because I think so many people um, don't get the help that they want because they're not showing up in a way that's serious and proves to those that it can actually help them that have the advice and the money and the knowledge and the wisdom, et cetera. And, and people can see it from a mile away. They can see if you're serious and if you're willing to put in the work or if you're not. And so that man, that that's powerful. Love it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let's talk about I really want to dig into this journey and I'm just going to kick it over to you with set the stage because you and a partner started this thing and, and it became something great, but there was a period of time where you didn't know what it was. And now all of a sudden, like, I'm just excited to even know you and watch the journey with not only this, but everything you're going to do. So take it over. Tell us about it. Awesome. So yeah, my business partner and I, her name's Lisa. We bought the company, the key design almost seven years ago. And we eventually rebranded and, and called it Set the Stage. And the reason we did that, we were about a year into the business and we knew very, you know, right from the start, we are not wanting to have a side hustle. We don't want to have basically like creating this job for ourselves. We want to create something bigger. And so from there, we, all, we knew that there was going to be hustle and grind and work that has to be put in. And we were totally okay and on board with that. So we basically put our nose to the grindstone. We created systems and processes around the home staging um, industry, right? So this is normal home staging companies. Almost all of them are side hustles. So they're not anything that people have been able to see a, a big ROI on. They're, they, they experience burnout at an extremely high rate, which is why there are so many stagers that pop up or they do it on the side so that they are not burnt out or they just, they can't keep it going. We saw that and we were so motivated to make something completely different and basically to like, let's really shake this thing up. And so that's, a, that's exactly what we did. We, like I said, put our nose to the grindstone and we dug in deep and figured out how can we really systematize this thing that will eliminate the burnout, will give people truly an opportunity to make something bigger for themselves and create opportunity for others. So in that journey, we decided we want to franchise this. That's how we saw best fitting for us to be able to grow set the stage. Could we have gone the route of us, you know, company owning every location, expanding that way? Absolutely. It's not what we chose to do. I think the franchise route for set the stage is absolutely perfect for the business model. And it's already been proven and successful so far. We've sold, we've sold one and got a couple more in the hopper and it's been incredible. And it's, it's just so humbling to watch another person's business thrive and their lives drastically change because of it. But along that way, there have been serious challenges and moments of why are we even still here? And I think that's kind of important to, to recognize. I listened to, I've listened to a podcast in the past, um, NPR's how, how I built this. And it's so fascinating because when you hear people's stories, like success stories of businesses, 
there was almost a hope that I got every time Lisa and I would literally get like a blow to the stomach. So, you know, COVID was the year 2020, you know, Salt Lake City didn't really shut down until mid to end of March, but the beginning of that year, I cannot even tell you how much momentum we had as a company and an organization. Our FDD was completely dialed in. We were ready to rock and roll and launch this thing and blow this thing up. And we felt like we were, you know, this was going to be our year and it completely like the, you know, rug got pulled out underneath us. However, interestingly enough, 2020 was one, was the beginning of one of our most successful and profitable years for our location. So kind of funny how it worked out that way. But it was definitely a time that was challenging. And it kind of felt like all of 2020, we were in we were in pivot mode. That was the word of the year for us as we had to pivot constantly, how we were doing our business, how we were, you know, utilizing the team and the staff. So they felt safe and they felt comfortable. And luckily our industry was deemed still essential in the Utah, um, the state of Utah, because we were in the real estate industry and real estate was still deemed essential. So we got to still play the game. Uh, while others got locked down. And, you know, I, I have empathy for that. We're grateful that we got to still play. So then the year 2021 came along. And to be honest with you, it was like kind of the year that we were still working, we were still moving and still had a decent amount of momentum. But it was like the weight of what happened really settled in. We were tired. We were tired of the fight. We were We were feeling like, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? And then that really, that mo- that feeling carried deeply into 2022. And truth be told, you know, at the end of 2021, I really felt like it was time for me to throw in the towel. Like, I can't do this anymore. I don't even see how we're going to, do- I don't see how we're going to actually get this franchise off the ground. Our FDD was in place. The systems and processes were in place. Everything was proven. The methods were there, but I could not see a path. And I felt exhausted and I just felt burnt out and unmotivated, to be honest with you. It was, it was a hard time. And I'm just going to pause there for a second and talk about for just a second that in, in the year 2020 to 2021, when I had, when we had stumbling blocks along the way, I kept thinking back to other stories that I had heard from other entrepreneurs that they said, man, the minute we thought it was all game over, and we crossed that hurdle, it was like we sprinted. And so I I have to be honest, I'd be lying if I didn't say that some of that was actually kind of motivating because I was so motivated to get out of that hurdle so that I could experience the sprint, so I could experience that big launch. And it did, it happened. But those only carried me for so long and for so far until finally I really was like, I'm done, I don't see a solution, I'm tired something's got it. Something's got to change. Well, also, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to throw in there too. Like you have a young child, you guys have multiple businesses, you get pregnant during this time. Like this is the thing that like, I think so many people on the out, Oh, you know, Courtney and Jordy, they're so lucky. Um, you know, life's so easy for them. And it's like, man, the only difference between you and the person that doesn't um, you know, succeed or, or have what they think they want is that, you know, you're going through hell and you just keep going. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you, but it's painful. Oh my gosh. So painful. 
So what ultimately ended up happening, I kind of had made peace and I felt, I went to my business partner and I said, look, here's where I'm at. And interestingly enough, she was in a very similar position, a really similar position of just, I feel exhausted too. I feel a little bit helpless in the sense of, I don't know which way to turn either. We felt like we exhausted all the options we possibly could. And so we began having conversations around selling our company. And it was interesting because while we were developing the sales pitch and while we were beginning to get the fillers out there and letting people know, hey, we want to start having these conversations. If you know someone interested in buying a business, you know, send them our way. We'd love to have a conversation. That process allowed us to basically take a breather because at that moment, we the weight was lifted of hustle and grind. The weight was listed, lifted of hey, you've got to figure out how to get this thing up and running. So basically the pressure was just off and we were sitting back and still enjoying what we had built and still enjoying our our company and what we had going on. But we were no longer feeling this pressure of we've got to create opportunity. We have to figure out who's our next connection point so that we can excel and propel the company. And in that process of just being still and just sitting back and being okay with where we were, solutions began to present themselves. And it was so, so helpful when we were having these conversations and basically telling someone, I'm, I, I remember one of our first sales pitches with, was with this guy here in Salt Lake City and he, he buys similar companies and he's actually franchises them and he has, like, he has a bunch of different franchises. And in the process of sharing with him everything we had going and really getting to show it off, it, it was backfiring. And we started to say, wait a second, maybe I don't want to sell this to you anymore. Maybe actually I want to hold on to it because he'd ask questions. And the way that he was asking the questions was actually providing solutions. And it was providing a path for us that we're like, oh, wait, well, maybe we hadn't tried that. Maybe we hadn't thought about that. And so I also did get pregnant um, at the beginning of 2022. And inadvertently that ha- that naturally slowed me down on a on a physical level right i was just a lot more tired a lot more sick and it was just it would it was just so crazy to see the momentum we experienced from slowing down and then the solutions that presented themselves so one thing that i'll just kind of add in with this story so so people truly have the full context of this i'm really good about making sure that i bring in the advice of God. <laughs> I, I, I just put a big emphasis in making sure that my life is in alignment with what his plan is for me. And, you know, Mike, you, you've, you've said it, Jordy has his business and we definitely have our stuff together, but both of us work full time. And I've had a lot of time outside of the home. I've been spending a lot of time away from my kids. And I've always had to make sure is that the right thing for me. So when I was in that process of figuring out, am I supposed to be doing this anymore? And the pregnancy came. And I, like I said, I was feeling that need that I needed to sell the business. Really what it was is I was feeling a need to, to slow down and I just needed a pause and I needed a rest and trust that the solutions were going to come and the doors would be open. And in fact, that's exactly what happened for us. It's so good. And as I'm listening to your story too, I want to like really just point out a thought that I've had so many times and, and I see it over and over and over again. I always ask the question, like who gets to decide? And I don't care, you know, if the audience that's listening 
is a W-2 employee that thinks they hate their job or they're a professional, you know, doctor, lawyer that feels like they're stuck, you know, just working too many hours or they're a business owner that, you know, wants to sell their business and become a, a passive real estate investor. Who gets to decide? And in your case, it was like, you know, we're frustrated, we're burnt out. Who gets to decide when you start going through the process and you make the decision, we're going to sell this business. And then you really start like grappling with, like wrestling with the idea of like, is this really what I want? Those are where the Mm -hmm. answers are. And I think sometimes we just feel like, you know, we're stuck on somebody. And I love what you said about God too. And being in alignment, you know, regardless if somebody believes in God or not, you have to believe in something. There has to be some kind of North star, even if it's just you. And I'm, I sit in the camp with you. I believe in God and I want to be in alignment, you know, with those purposes and calling and actually for me, that makes it a little bit easier even than like, you know, not having any level of faith or, or something and believing in something bigger is, is kind of challenging. But I think so many times people think that they're stuck with whatever pathway they're on. They're on this treadmill and, and there's, you know, this is just what life has thrown me and I'm going to stay on this. But I love, you know, the point that you came to, because when you decided like, Hey, we don't want this anymore and started going down that journey, that's what actually really brought you back to the center and you realized you had choices. And every single time, whether it's, I've had businesses fail, I've had businesses succeed, I've been bought out, um, all the above. And and every single time I come down to really a, a core understanding, and this is what I'm pointing out, is that, you know, who gets to decide? You do. And I think that's the only difference between someone like you that like keeps going, plow through, and somebody that just, you know, lays back and takes whatever the world's going to give them. Even if you lay back and decide, you're still making a decision. So who gets to decide? You do. Yeah. The one thing I want to point out that's been probably the biggest lesson in this has been that I think even if you are in a place, even if you're in, you have a company right now and you are extremely happy and it's thriving and it's good and you know, it's where you're supposed to be. There is so, there is so much that can come from still asking the question, am I still doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because sometimes we can get an answer of, yeah, it is. But guess what? I I also think that this is going to show up for you. So what I mean by that is I've obviously, it it became very clear to me, I'm meant to still be here and set the stage. I still have a purpose to fulfill here. I still have some work to do. And the, the path was illuminated for us. And that, that wrestling had gone away. We knew what we were supposed to do and we're doing it and we're, we're being successful at it it's thriving and it's great. However, I think it's so important that we're always asking that question along the way, even when things are really good, am I still doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because eventually I'm not going to have set the stage. Eventually I'm going to have something else in my life. And I need to be making sure that when set the stage is no longer there, I'm not then a basket case and wondering what else is there for me? What if I'm supposed to be doing things simultaneously while I'm doing set the stage? So I think there's just such power in um, having those checkpoints with yourself. And unfortunately for me, I think I, I, I think I did myself a disservice that I should have asked my, my, myself that question a little bit sooner, that am I still doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Because it would have allowed me to maybe problem solve different. It would have allowed me to welcome in that different momentum. Cause I think there's power also in looking back at how far you've come and all that you've accomplished. And it helps kind of show, man, I really, I'm further than I think I am. I've come, I've come out of this thing 
you know, more ahead than I'm giving myself credit for, I can figure this out. So that's been something that I've learned from this journey um, of just going through <laughs> those moments of wanting to throw in the towel, but I had never been that close before at that point. I was talking to a guy this morning that, um, you know, he's having a midlife crisis. His, that, that he said it, I didn't. Um, and as I was listening yeah. to him, I said, <laughs> I, I said, I, I'm like, I think the only thing that you did wrong here is that you waited so long to have your midlife crisis. And it was just like an eye-opening moment for me because mm. I think when somebody has a midlife crisis and their life like literally falls apart, um, it's because you are ignoring those signs that you're talking about, those check-in points, because, you know, I started my first business at 24, which we sold in 2014. So it was 10 years. And I kind of was convinced for me that life was going to happen in 10 year cycles. What I'm realizing is that, you know, life is starting to happen in three year cycles and one year cycles. But, you know, for some people, they stay in the same pathway for 40 years and then they have a midlife crisis because they're not doing what you said, constantly checking in with themselves. Am I still doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, and, and really just, who gets to decide? You do. And when I see somebody, you know, mm -hmm. just completely go off the deep end and have a midlife crisis, the only thing wrong with a midlife crisis is that you waited so long to have it. I agree. I'm curious. Where, where are we at now? Talk to me about set the stage where, like, I mean, this thing's blowing up. No, oh, man, I have so much en energy around where we're at with set the stage. So we have sold our very first franchise in Southern Utah to four incredible owners and partners like you know that saying, who you get to do business in life with is just like, man, that that is so cool. Holy cow. I just feel so honored that I'm doing business in life, rubbing shoulders with these uh, four individuals that came into our life. So that's been sold. They're completely killing it. They're going above and beyond. They're hitting numbers that they shouldn't be, shouldn't have technically been hitting until the end of their first year. So we are beyond proud of them. And it's just so exciting to see all of our systems and processes put to work and that it's working for them. And we've got a couple more in the hopper. We just partnered at the, the end of last year. We partnered with a franchise sales program. And that partnership was so, so unique and so special because they only take on a few brands. And to be honest with you, we've had some really open dialogue with each other. And I, I'm pretty sure I have permission to share this now. But, you know, they had a, they had a time they were flying out from there. They're out of Waco, Texas, and they were flying out to meet us. And they they had a raw and honest conversation with each other on the plane of why are we coming out there? So the stage is considered like micro micro. We had at that point not sold one franchise. And they normally partner with people who have 25 underneath their belt and they need to be excelled further than that. And they need help and guidance that way. These guys also, uh, the two owners are very intentional with making sure that they are in alignment with who they bring into their network. And they only choose to part with, partner with a very small amount so that they can truly give their all to those brands and be a part of that um, success story within that organization. But they also had this underlying kind of they didn't say this, but I have a feeling in the, in their minds, they were kind of, it's already a no for them. Like they're so micro. I don't know how we're going to be able to make this partnership work. And they left with, oh my gosh, we're supposed to do it. They, they, they're men of faith. They prayed and they felt very much so that you've got to work with set the stage and the process of getting to this, this partnership and really making it work 
was not an easy one for us and for them. But ultimately, we both felt on both sides, we were supposed to be in each other's world and we were supposed to, you know, create a partnership. And so we did. And we actually kicked things off with them. We, we're already we're already moving forward. They've already, you know, really tested a bunch of waters, but we officially launch with them April 1st, which is when our new FDD is up and um, live, if you will, because an FDD is just, it's it's only good for one year. And then you make modifications throughout the year. So April 1st, the floodgates open. We have our very first meet the team day, the middle of May, and we've already got um, a great amount of interested potential franchisees that will come in. They'll get to, in, you know, interact with myself and my partners and see our warehouse and just meet some of our team and we can see are they a good fit for us are we a good fit for them and work towards bringing more people into the set the stage family help me quickly i'm i'm just curious as i'm listening to this too like um you're obviously a, a brilliant human and you know great great with your staff and your clients and your people and everything else but this has been something that I've really been pondering a lot lately. And when I look at my success, um, and I think about this in terms of like cheat codes on video games, like finding people like this that you've teamed up with, this is like a total cheat code. So what's like the top one or two things that you've like learned that have really shortcut, uh, you know, maybe it would have taken you 10 years to learn this. I'm just really curious about it. Oh my gosh. I'm actually so glad you asked that question because we had a lot of people try to talk us out of this partnership. Because when you join in this partnership, it's a partnership. So you do need to share, um, you need to share things with each other. And when you, you actually break it all down, this partnership that we have built with them does look a lot different than typical um, sales organizations who partner with franchises. That that concept isn't new, right? It's not new that someone comes along and Maybe they get a little piece of your company, but they're going to put you on this accelerated um, sales path so that you can, you know, sell a bunch of franchises. I do think that if you do those types of things, it really is critical that you're partnering with the right company so that you are making sure that you guys can do it successfully and that they completely get you so that they're not bringing in the wrong franchisees because they're such a big crucial part of that. But there have been a few things, like I said, we had a lot of people who were like, are you really sure this is what you should do? Like you guys have all the tools and all of the systems. A lot of those sales companies actually help develop some of that, but you already have that. Why are you, why are you at that place? And, and it wasn't like anyone was, um, anyone was trying to compete with their business, but more, it was from a place of looking out for us. And it, and I actually appreciated the questions because it really allowed us to look at why do we find value there with them? And it's been so validating when we, when we felt a hundred percent, nope, this is what we're supposed to do. We're moving forward. We've done it from day one of officially like getting synced up with each other. They have shown us things within the franchise world that I guarantee it would take us years to learn. So there is so much that goes involved. I mean, you're, you are asking for an investment from somebody and, and I love the franchise model and concept because you do get to, to be that entrepreneur and you do get to, um, create this life for yourself, but you're, you are buying into a family, if you will, you're buying into a company that has already proven systems and models. And you have this like team behind you, instead of having to create that team, you get to create it in a way with yourself, but man, really being able to like pick up the phone and call people who want you to succeed 
is just, it's, it's such a cool thing. So I personally love the franchise model in general. Um, but we, you don't know what you don't know until you get going. Mm -hmm. And could we have figured it out? Yeah, we could have, but we would not be as far as we are even today, if it were not for their support and their help. So there's, there's been a couple things that have surprised us. Um, they're very knowledgeable. They've, they're, their clout, if you will, just who they are, their reputation has opened doors for us that truly would, they were actually being closed on us beforehand. So then all of a sudden, because we're partnered with them, magically, they'll talk to us. Yeah. And they're willing to have the conversations. They're willing to represent our brand. That's so cool. Congratulations. It's just a really exciting story. And um, everybody should keep tabs on this and maybe even buy a franchise for me. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so I want to shift gears just a little bit. We've got six, yeah. seven minutes left. Um, okay. so selfishly, um, you and Jordy have been in our couples mastermind. Um, and we've just really grown to love you guys. Um, we'll probably do some, you know, continue to do some things together in that arena because you guys are just a very, very special couple. So I feel like, um, you know, just taking a couple minutes to just talk through this. Number one, I'd love to know if you have one or two things that, you know, uh, you really learned or just some kind of, um, something that you like to share about the couple's mastermind, but more importantly, um, how do you and Jordy navigate all of this? Because you have little kids and you guys have all these businesses. I think we should touch on that because it's, I think it's probably valuable, whatever the answer is. No, I appreciate that. And I, and I think so too. I actually love when people ask about how do we make it work within our marriage? Because I think it's empowering. And if I'm telling you, if Jordy and I can make it work, if we can make our marriage a priority and still make our family priority and not feel like one is slipping, anyone can, to be honest with you, we, we both work outside of the home five days a week, full time. And we have date nights every single week without fail. And four times a year, we also have couples trips that just he and I go on just him and I, and that takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of work. And so how I feel like we've navigated it, first of all, and this is not like, this is not a shameless plug for Mike. This is absolute sincerity. We did join something, a couple's mastermind, the next level couple's mastermind. And that helped us immensely because we were surrounding ourselves with other couples who were doing really big things as well. And we were able to learn from them things that maybe they're doing. And also just ways that we can better ourselves. Because I think the minute that we're bettering ourselves, we're going to show up better in all other areas of our lives. So communication is super important, obviously, with Jordy and I. But we give a lot of, um, we give a lot of grace for each other and recognize their seasons. So a couple of years ago, Jordy was in a huge growth season. He had some really lofty goals with our real estate portfolio. and. I wanted to fully support him in that because I we are very much on the same page and in alignment with what our end goal is of why investing in residential real estate is so important to us and what why it's a passion. But he spearheads a lot of that. I'm more of that cheerleader and I'm more I I, I help review things, but truly he is like he is my guy out there slaying dragons and I'm so grateful for it because it works right now with our dynamics. But there was a time that I really needed to to just help propel him. I needed to encourage that he was having late nights and he was going to investor seminars and he was asked to be speaking on panels, which meant he was outside of the home. So how I was showing up for him at home was making sure that the kids knew, like 
I fully supported where dad was at. I wasn't showing up a grump or frustrated or with resentment for him. And because that's going to totally feed into our kids. And the last thing he needed at that moment was to have the guilt trip of his little, you know, his little baby saying, I miss you. I miss you. They already miss him. But if they, if we, if the other partner can be coming alongside and saying, this is okay though, dad's doing awesome. We'll FaceTime him on his way home. Let's go do this. Mom's here. And Jordy made it up in the end, you know, they were, they were fine. And we've structured our life in such a way that, um, it works for our kids. And I think it's because we have conversations from a very small age. We were having conversations with Brinley, letting her know that mom made a commitment with her life. And it's really okay that mom can be a mom and I can be a business owner and I can be a wife all at the same time. She was five years old when we started having these conversations with her. And so continuing that and making sure that our kids know we fully support each other with what we're doing, I think number one has been key. Um, And then if there is any of those feelings of resentment or feelings of frustration, we're having that conversation privately and we're making sure to say, okay, well, maybe in this season, what can we doing? For example, Jordy um, just recently became the vice president or the president, I can't even remember now, of uh, Real Estate Investors Association here in um, Utah, in Utah County. And it was, it meant he was going to need to commit a lot more time to being more present in that arena. And we were able to have a conversation about that and the needs that I was going to need from him so I could fully support him. And it really came down to, okay, I want to fully support you with this. Here's what shows up for me because now we do have three kids and it's hard for me to be um, by myself as much, but this is such a good thing for him. It's such a growth opportunity and I don't want to hold him back. And we both felt it was the right thing to do. So having conversations around what was going to be filling my cup so that he could still go do those things. And it felt fair, if you will, even though it's not equal, it felt fair. Mm. And that's been something that we strive for. The last thing it really does come down to we were we we schedule that time. It's in our calendar. And to some that might seem not romantic or it seems like it might be too business structure. It's not. It's making sure that that is a priority. As much as the priority is that I'm showing up for this conversation with you, Mike, I have it on my my calendar that I'm showing up for my husband in a big way. That I'm making sure date nights are a priority, that I'm making sure our trips are a priority. I'm having those conversations with other people. We're getting babysitters um, and we're letting go of the guilt that comes with mom and dad being outside of the home, probably more so for women than men. Mm -hmm. We're letting all of that go and knowing that are we still on the right path? Are we still doing what we feel that we are called to do? If the answer is absolutely yes, then we need to let resentment and guilt and anything that might hold us back, we need to put it aside. Our kids don't need to feel that from us. They need to feel an abundance of, we're here, we love you, we're going to support you, and we show up for you. And our kids do feel that. I have no guilt, no, um, I mean, there's days that I'm like, oh man, I'm really missing my babies. And I'll ask for a picture from my sitter. And I might text Jordy and say, hey, I think I want us to do like a zoo day this um, weekend because I'm just really needing like some time with the kids. And we just make it happen. We're communicating those things, but our children never feel that um, they're less than. That's so good. And I we're up against the hour here, and I want to be cognizant of your yeah. time. But um, so, if people want to find you, set the stage, whatever it is, where where can they connect with you? 
yeah, I would love to connect with people. My personal Instagram is heycourtney.clark and set the stages Instagram is set the stage underscore. I'd love to connect. Well, this has been so good and um, just look forward, like I said, to continuing to watch your journey. You and Jordy are just, you have a special place in mine and Kara's heart and I'm excited to just continue to be a part of it. So thank you for being on the show. You guys as well. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.